this past week, um, you know, I had the opportunity to go to my home church uh, in Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's where it started. That's a place I didn't even know that Kalamazoo was a real place. Uh, but that, you know, I got invited to play the bass at a concert there when I was in college. And uh, I went there, went up on the bus, met a gentleman there that um, invited me while he was there. He was like, yo, you, you should come to my church. It was his church at the time. I was uh, 17 years old. He said, you should come to my church and, uh, and, ch- and kick it with us on, on a Sunday uh, or whatever. And I said, okay, uh, sure, I'll do that. Why not? So anyway, I went up there. And um, I was in church, but not in Christ. See, it's like you can grow up in church, but still not be in Christ. And there are a lot of you, you haven't even been baptized, right? And you've been going to church your whole life. Some of you, you've just been around and you've been saying I'm a Christian, but you haven't made the commitment to Christ. And so how many of you know you can, that you can be in church, but not in Christ? And so for me, that was my scenario, You know, I attended church. I played in church. I was a professional church musician, but did not know Christ for myself. Anyway, went to that church, started playing in the band, was invited to come on staff to play. And Jesus, um, I heard the gospel there uh, and ended up getting saved there. Not only that, um, but um, but also entered, got my call to ministry there, was trained for ministry there, was sent out to plant my first church from Kalamazoo, Michigan. And literally, um, that was the launch pad for everything that you have seen today um, and much that you haven't seen. Even another church that's in Michigan ministering to hundreds of people a week and is continuing to go strong that my wife and I, we were able to launch alongside some others from Michigan there. And God is continuing to do incredible things there on top of what he's doing here and around the world. And it's exciting because it all started in a place called Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it's nuts because this week I got to look back to 18 years ago. And all of my brothers in the gospel, many new new brothers in the gospel that started in ministry, that left out of the same house and went pastoring. I left there in 2004. And I was able to go back and see that the same stuff that was transforming my life back then, that is still working today. And it's not like you don't know that, right? But it's amazing to go, it was amazing to go back and look back and be in the presence of my father in the gospel who just, he just turned 69 years old, who believed in me as an 18, well, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid, enough to be able to uh, equip me and push me out for ministry. And it reminded me of the why, man. Not only are hundreds of people followers of Jesus because of what God, by God's grace, has done in my life and ministry, because of his yes to say, I'm going to come behind you. But also, all of the sons and the sons and daughters that have left that house, that have also been equipped, that are pastoring churches, thousands of people are following Jesus because of his support of people who were coming up in the ministry. And it was powerful for me because, you know, and some of y'all are like, okay, what does this matter? Why does this matter? Well, it matters because every now and again, you've got to look back for a reminder so that you can keep moving forward. And you got to remember because many of us get amnesia as to what happened to us and how people blessed our lives. And this is why we're so stingy towards others. 
And so I'm grateful because he believed in me and empowered me to move forward. But this is powerful because, you know, you, he allowed me to be myself. He challenged me to be authentic. And, you know, and I, and I had to look back at that every now and again because there are things that happen in life that challenge your authenticity, that challenge your self-confidence, and that push you oftentimes to a place where you don't think that you are good enough to carry out what God has called you to. And so it might be because of the way you look, might be because of the way you were raised, might be because, might be because of how much money is in the bank, might be because of the waste youths that are in your ear telling you that you cannot do it. Then oftentimes you pull back. Can I just talk? Instead of moving towards what it is that God has called you to. And so for the next few moments, I just want to deal with this passage kind of along these lines, you know, and I want to see everyone in Serve City that calls Serve City home or that is a part of what God is doing here. Or even those watching online, you might even belong to another ministry or whatever the case is, that you are inspired to walk out everything God has called you to. So Eliab, David's brother, right? His eldest brother back in verse 28 Heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? And he says, I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. I want to just tell you this. Here's point number one for you. Realize, for the note takers, don't allow people's misunderstanding of your motives... To hinder your assignment. Let me say that again. Don't allow people's misunderstanding of your motives to hinder your assignment. First of all, David came because his dad told him to come. His dad told him, if you're tracking with the story, if not, you go read earlier on. His dad told him to bring some bread and cheese, to bring some water and stuff for his brothers. And so he shows up in obedience to serve them. And Eliab is checking his motives and telling him as if he's Miss Cleo. <laughs> telling him what his motive is. There are many of you that there are people in your life that cannot receive or that are often hindering you from being to them what God has placed you in their life to be. Because they are unwilling and unable to see why you truly are there. And you got to get to the place where even where people don't understand that you still, like I said, don't get weary in well-doing. People are not going to always understand, but your harvest is not in their hands. Oh, that was a word for somebody. Somebody ought to jump on that. Your harvest is not in their hands. Your ability to kill the giant is not in their hands. This is why you can be kind to someone. They can flick you off. They can slam the door in your face. They can lay you off the job and you still end up better off than them. Because he's able to make a table before you. I didn't mean to preach this early. But in the presence of your enemies. I wonder if it's one or two people in here. You have been discouraged because of the fact that people don't get you. And what it is that you're trying to do. Well baby, as long as your heart and you know that your motive is correct. And I'm not talking about you going against things that are clear in God's word. But when you are on assignment. When the father 
father has sent you on assignment and has put vision and things in your heart everybody's not always going to understand your motive or your vision are you with me this is it man because when you think about it remember remember this is why i love these types of christ that we see throughout scripture because david is a type of christ but also so is joseph and joseph was a type of christ and he was one remember what happens for those who know the story if you don't know the story you should read verse uh, genesis chapter 37 and read from verses chapter 37 all the way to 50 and this is a story where joseph has a dream and he has a dream about essentially all of these various elements in the earth bowing before him and he tells the dream to his family come on somebody and his dad ends up saying to him are you dreaming that your brothers and your sisters and and your mom and all of us that we are all going to we're all going to uh, end up bowing before you what they didn't realize is if you read skip to genesis 50 at the end that the dream had to do with their posterity had to do with their prosperity come on somebody that god giving joseph the dream that he gave him was actually for their future it was going to benefit their future but they couldn't see it in the moment and his brothers end up throwing him in a pit and the thing can i can i just can i just mess with your theology for a second Do you think that God needed for Joseph to be thrown in a pit and a prison and a palace in order to bring what he showed Joseph in the dream to pass? Oh, no, he did not. God, if if Joseph had kept his mouth shut, come on, somebody. If he had been more careful with who and what he was sharing, uh, then more than likely he wouldn't have ended up in that way. But can I tell you that if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, that he will direct your path. Come on. Remember I started by telling you that the journey is rarely linear. Come on, somebody. How many of you know, many of us, when we declare that God is able to take all things and work them together for our good, we think it's only the good stuff but I love that this story tells us that no matter what even if you mess up and say stuff prematurely and you get thrown in a pit then you end up getting uh, trapped by Tatiana come on somebody and then end up having to run out naked because she was trying to jump the bones and you wanted to stay faithful to God y'all don't want to keep it real with me today and then you end up getting thrown in prison come on because you were standing for righteousness sake that whether you're thrown in a pit come on whether you're in the playhouse whether you're in the prison y'all gonna have church with me today at the end of the day as long as you don't get weary in well-doing no matter how they misunderstand the vision or the motive that god has placed in your heart you will reap if you faint not and god will turn it around and end up feeding the same people that threw you in the pit y'all with me on this morning so look man i'm telling you don't allow people's misunderstanding of your motives to hinder your assignment. I thought it tickled me, actually. It tickled me a bit uh, because, Pete, watch what he says. He says in the text, why have you come down? He says, I know the presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And look, David didn't answer him, but I just, I just, it was tickling me because it's just like, fam, I didn't come down to see the battle. I came to fight the battle. 
Oh my. There's people that misunderstand what you're doing. Uh, you ought to just say, baby, just keep watching, fam. Uh, you thought that I just came to do X, Y, and Z. Watch what God does. I just feel a watch what God does in this place today. There are some of y'all that people have thought that you showed up. Not only are you misunderstanding my motives, but you're misunderstanding my assignment. Come on, somebody. But it don't matter what, if people understand or misunderstand your assignment. Your responsibility is not to make folk understand Stand. your responsibility is just to be obedient to what it is that God has called you to I wonder if it's three or four people in this house that say that no matter what people say even if they misunderstand my motive and my assignment as long as he said it I'm going to trust him and I'll walk it out and watch his plan come to play, place and to pass for my life just look at your neighbor tell him you wait and see you wait and see Look, man, see, they were they're out here. He's saying, man, I know you came to just see the battle. No, I didn't come to be a bystander. You know, if you think I'm evil because I came to watch, fam, you just wait and see. You just wait and see. They were making fun of Jesus because and saying Jesus, he's a drunkard because he eats with with he, he eats and drinks with sinners. He's a drunkard and he's a glutton. And they're accusing him of this. And not only was that not his motive, come on, but they they had no clue that not only was he gonna eat and drink with sinners, but he was gonna end up dying for them. Are y'all tracking with me? This is a powerful thing when you have the appropriate perspective. But Pete, uh, so going back to the text, I just want to deal with the text. And he says, with those who have left those sheep in the wilderness, he says, I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. The presumption, the evil of your heart. I want you to note this uh, because the word presumption there is only the ESV uh, is one of the only translations that would label it as presumption. Everyone say presumption. You know, the word in the Hebrew uh, is the word zadon. Somebody say zadon. And that word actually means pride or arrogance uh, primarily or insolence, right? And so, uh, in fact, this is why the KJV would render it, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. You know, it's back in the day when you're talking about you're being naughty. And then the NLT says, I know about your pride and deceit. So look, so Pete, so, so what's happening here uh, is he's saying when he's calling it his presumption, he's saying that you are being arrogant, you are being prideful. He's noting this and attaching this to him showing up to, as he thinks to see the battle when he's actually coming to fight it. But it's interesting because not only, not only shouldn't you allow people's misunderstanding of your motives to hinder, hinder your assignment, but also watch this. Don't allow people to label your godly confidence as arrogance. Let me say that again. Fick it, fick it. Don't allow people to label your godly confidence as arrogance. He's there to the place where because he sees his brother showing up, he came as a servant and he shows up in this place and he is the one that's standing up in the face of this giant when everybody is shrinking back and everybody's saying they're scared and they're running away crapless because they are unable to stand. And David shows up and he, his brother thinks he's just there to see, but he's labeling him as being arrogant or prideful. 
when simply no he is not being arrogant or prideful he is confident that his God is going to enable him to overthrow the enemy in front of him and there are many of you who are shrinking back oh I hear it in the spirit you are shrinking back from walking into the next season because there's people in your life talking about oh baby don't let your head get too big and don't get it twisted there are times and there are people who are arrogant but there are a lot of people that they're just jealous oh did I come to preach it they're just jealous of what they see you doing and they don't want you to surpass them and so they're going to do everything to make sure that you stay where they're at oh you don't want to become a holy roller you know because you know those people you know God is in everything and God is everything and so the devil is a liar Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but my man label me what you will call me a holy roller if you want but I'm going to found my faith on the Christ that is going to be the same yesterday today and forever I'm confident in him come on somebody you know my dad always tells me he's like son and he validly no matter how high you get no matter how much money you have no matter what you do he says always keep your feet on the ground son son keep your feet on the ground this is something keep your feet on the ground and at first that used to bug me because i'm like dad am i doing something and he's like no he's trying to make sure legitimately that his son stays grounded no matter how tall that I grow. Because the higher you go, the harder it is to fall. The harder the fall. Are you hearing me? And this is why the Bible says stuff like in Proverbs 16, 18. Because pride is a real issue. Pride goes before destruction. Proverbs 16, 18. These are good ones to write down. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 11, verse 2 says... When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Therefore, it says, God, no, 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 I'm sorry. But with the humble is wisdom. So let me say that again because I messed it up. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble when you hear the word proud is it talking about taking pride in what you do is it talking about you know making sure that you're not dirty and your room is clean it's not that type of pride it's talking about arrogance arrogance that that is that is based on watch this pride is based on your own strength godly confidence is based on god's strength this is why David would not have been able to be confident if he ran after Goliath and if he thought he was going in his own strength. But he went and he was confident because he knew that the God that was being opposed by Goliath and the Philistines was, was greater and that would cause the victory to come into his hand. Are you with me? And so it's important for us to understand this. If you are a believer... You can walk in godly confidence and you don't let the world punk you or try to talk you down or try to tell you you're being arrogant because you are standing on what it is that God told you to. 
Oh, you being arrogant. You out here talking about you're going to be okay during this recession. You need to go ahead and make sure that you just be more stingy and store up and do everything. Why I always talk about giving because the world does not understand why you would give to a church in the middle of crazy times. And then you're able to testify to them and be like, fam, do you know why I give? It's not because the church is begging me for my money, but I give because God has been good to me. And whether I have a lot or I have a little, come on somebody, whatever I have, he gave it to me. Come on somebody, if I got a dollar, I remember my wife and I have testified before. We were to the place where we had, it was $5.25 and we were in a scenario, you may have heard me say this before, and we were like, it can't meet our need. So we're going to turn it into a seed. And so we took that flat, that $5 where we were. We had hundreds of dollars worth of bills and we saved the last 25 cents for some gum. So that when we was up in church, our bread didn't stink. Y'all don't want to be real. And we put it in that offering, turning around, trusting God. We believe the Lord and God literally that same day uh, caused someone who doesn't know our situation to come and put a check for $500 in our pocket. Come on. And at that time before kids and with little overhead, we were able to pay off our bills and put something in the bank. Come on, somebody. Can I just testify? You got to every now and again look back to those times because don't matter how much the debt or the issue is now you have to remember that the same God that took care of you when it was five dollars and 25 cents is able to take care of you if it's a million he's able if it's thousands whatever it is God is able to do it I'm telling you man you got to have confidence you have confidence that even in the middle of the storms of life that God is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Any witnesses in this place? Until he says no, you're going to believe for a yes. Come on. You're going to be like Dave, like Daniel uh, and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean Abednego. Uh, when he showed up in the fire and they say, King, listen, we believe that God, come on, is going to deliver us out of this fire. And he's going to deliver us out of your hand. And watch this. So they declare it boldly. But then they put the caveat on there just in case they say, but if not, we still not going to bow to your stupid dumb idols can i say stupid in church i'm gonna say stupid if it's applied to a false a false god and there are many of you in this place that you're in the middle of some stuff and you ought to stand confidently not in yourself come on somebody not in standing in front of the mirror doing your little affirmations about how cool you are but you ought to say if god be for me who can be against me if it's a god that was able to frame the world with the words of his mouth come on he is capable of taking my situation and doing above and beyond with it someone that believes it ought to put those hands together and give him the thanks if not we're not going to we're still not going to bow because he has another plan he has a plan. Even, you know, this, this, this is crazy. Even if the plan doesn't come, doesn't finish up in your lifetime. 
Oh, that's a, see, that's a mature perspective right there. If some of us, you started stuff, you won't even be able to see all the fruit of it. But you still know that God's promises are going to come to pass. That's why Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, declares that there are many of those people who received the promises from afar off. They died and all of the stuff didn't come to fruition. But they died trusting God that his word would still come to pass. And so there are many of you in this place, I'm telling you you ought to hold fast to God's unchanging hand knowing that no matter what you are facing or what happens that he is able I hear the hymn says time is filled with swift transition not on earth unmoved or not of earth unmoved can stand build your hopes on things eternal called to God's unchanging hand hold to God's unchanging hand build your hope on things eternal hold to God's unchanging hand they can you, man I know people been working at jobs for 40 years and get laid off right before retirement and their life is done in their jack because they're putting trust in a job oh can I talk about it today how many of you know agencies and insurances and all sorts of stuff they will fail you but you ought to hold to God's unchanging and are y'all still with me you get this confidence and this boldness even in the middle of persecution this this is not arrogance because it's founded in god in acts chapter 4 the disciples they were in the middle of persecution and they were to the place where they they told them y'all are not allowed to preach in the name of jesus and they were they were even times if you keep reading where they got beaten for declaring and they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. What type of confidence is this? But the Holy Spirit, Bible says in Acts 4, the Holy Spirit came on them. They were filled and they were able to go and declare the world with boldness. The Holy Ghost gives us boldness, not cowardice. So don't allow people to talk you into walking like a wuss or a coward in the face of the giants that are up against you. You know, the Holy Ghost enables us to trust God in the face of giants. This is why, this is why, notice right after, uh, right after he says in verse 6, I read uh, James chapter 4 verse 6, he gives more grace. It says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7 says, submit yourselves therefore unto God peep then he says resist the devil and he will flee from you oh, here it is here it is. So, so, i don't think it's by happenstance that he talks about and lists the fact that uh that he says that god opposes the proud uh, but gives grace to the humble and then right after he says well then submit yourself therefore unto god then resist the devil many of us been resisting the devil but we didn't doing so in pride We've been doing it based on all of these personal and self-affirmational things uh, that the world is telling you. Come on, somebody. Or telling you you can't do and you're facing it in your power. But how many of you know that when it is that you submit yourself unto God, that is when you receive the strength that is needed to resist the devil and that he and then will flee from you. And so, I mean, as I bring the plane down for a landing, you know, was David arrogant or was he confident? Was he cocky or was he confident? Because look at what he says in the text. He was, being, he was being accused of being insolent, being presumptuous, being arrogant and prideful. 
Just like many of you today, or many of you feel like you can't step, walk with boldness. And the question is, where is your trust lying? Because that is what determines whether you're walking in pride or you're walking in, in godly confidence. Watch. You're also walking in pride if you're not doing what God has called you to do because of your inadequacy. Because you think God needs you to have it all together in order for him to do through you what he's called you to do. So it's still pride if you're not doing it because you feel or you let somebody talk you out of it. Because God didn't call you to walk it out by your strength. He called you to walk it out by his strength. Here's what David says in 1 Samuel 17, 36, 30, verse 36 and 37. He said, your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. Didn't even get up to swing yet, fam. But he has the faith. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. And David said, here it is. Notice. The Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Who is his, where is his trust lying in? Is his trust lying? No, no. He said, he, notice, he don't say, because I was able to, you know, I think I can my way out of the last stuff. Then now this, I think I canning myself is going to bring me okay, through this giant. No, he says, the Lord. That gave me the strength to overcome the lion and the bear. Is who's going to give me the strength. And deliver the hand of the Philistine into me. Into my hand. And Saul responds and says to David. Go. And the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. No. The Lord be with you. Because he challenges him to go in confidence, even though he's not wearing his armor and all of this. I love this picture because David goes on. And so I encourage you. I'm getting ready to close for the fifth time. <laughs> Philippians 1 verse 6, write this down. This is what you ought to be. Be confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I don't care what it looks like right now. Walk in confidence, not arrogance, but in confidence that God is going to bring to pass what he started, to completion, what he started. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Write this down. Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, which are strategized systems of darkness, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord that's, that's a promise that's a, you can walk confidently therein and Romans 8 31 what shall we say to these things if God be for us ask the rhetorical, rhetorical question who somebody just say who who can be against us and you ought to stick your chest out with first john 4 4 greater is he that sent me than he that's in the world i love it 
because this is what happens in the end last verse peep verse 30 look and he turned away from him towards another and spoke in the same way and the people answered him the same as before so his brother was tripping he's like man i hear you fam but here's my last point for you stop giving audience to those who are against your assignment bible says he turned away and spoke to another you've been given an audience to people who have been feeding your insecurity for way too long that have been hindering and holding you back oh can i just minister to somebody today and i want to call you out to tell you to turn away and look to another i know that it might hurt because you're like man the last time i trusted somebody look at what happened but don't let a couple failed relationships and issues from people who have hated on you or tried to stop you or tried to hinder God's plan for your life don't let them stop you from doing what God has called you to do stop putting breadcrumbs out for the geese stop feeding the geese and they'll stop coming you keep calling them up asking them questions hey i just want to know what you think psalm 1 blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly oh can i just talk bible or sits in the seat of the scornful nor stands in the way of sinners but his delight is in the law of the lord and on the law or the word of the lord does he meditate day and night that person will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water will bring forth fruit in his season whatsoever he does will prosper his leaf will not wither watch and he says but the ungodly are not so for they are like the chaff that the wind drives away that's what arrogance gets you and it's imperative for us stop and this is where i'm ending because the lord told me to say this i'm gonna say it even if it's your family Some of y'all, the biggest deterrent to your vision and your dream and what the Lord has put in your heart is your Eliab. And I'm going to share this scripture prophetically for someone who has to make a tough decision. Mark 10, 29 through 31. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many are for who are first will be last and the last will be first so I don't know where you're at or how this applies to you. But this back in the David series was with the intent of challenging you to look back so you can move forward. How David navigated that situation and how the Lord dealt with him along the way and the curvy things that happened, but how he yet and still made it through that difficult time and carried out everything that God had assigned for him to do got a victory for him his house his people and his God and I declare it over you that as you trust the Lord that this 
will be the case for you no matter how big or small you think your assignment is somebody that receives that over your life you ought to put those hands together and give the lord praise come on like you believe come on that if god has said it over your life no matter what people say if you hang in there and you stay strong that you will reap and so today i would be remiss somebody saying well i don't know this god that you're talking about sounds real cool i wish i i knew him i wish i was in relationship with him i wish i had the confidence that comes through putting trust and faith in him and so i invite you to begin a relationship with him today bible makes it clear that we are all sinners separated from god bible says the wages of sin is death don't have to convince you that people are dying people are dying every second but also death in hell and the bible actually talks about hell more than it does heaven some people don't think that place is real but it's real and the bible makes it clear that those of us who reject jesus that and live a life that is unrepentant that we go there but that's the good news is you don't have to go there you are who are under the sound of my voice that you are hearing today the good news is that jesus lived perfectly on your behalf because he knew that you and i could not do so and that he went to a cross and he died in your place for your sins for my sins and because he's god oh god he didn't just die and stay dead but on the third day he got up with all power maybe five of y'all ought to be excited about that i mean if it's still great news to you i mean and he rose from death showing that he has all power over sin death and hell and today he invites those of us who hear this message this good news to put our trust and our faith in him you're saying how do i do that how do i give my life to him how do i begin a relationship with him well, the Bible sums it up in three things. First, it talks about, says to repent. Someone say, repent. And that means it's to turn from serving Satan, serving myself, serving this world. And I turn to Jesus and I believe. Someone say, believe. In other words, I say, I believe you came. I believe that you lived perfectly, that you died, that you rose from death with all power, Jesus. I believe it. And I put my trust in you. I want you to be the Lord. And the savior, the boss, the superhero of my life. And then not only that, repent, believe, and be baptized. Someone say, be baptized. And be baptized twice a month. And ultimately, when you are baptized, we dip you in water. And you're identifying and unifying with Christ's death. And then when we bring you up out of the water, it's a great celebration. We celebrate you are unified with Christ's resurrection from death powerful thing and so if you have never been baptized if you have never trusted jesus we want to invite you to repent believe and be baptized or if you're someone you're like man i've run away from christ and i want to come home i want to come back home i want to i want to come home do i you know I, i've been gone and i want to come home do i need to be rebaptized? no if you were baptized in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and you meant it don't need to be rebaptized. you can come home you can repent today and we say every week, there's room at the table for you. That's good news. You ought to celebrate that right there, y'all. I mean, it's good news. You can't outrun God's grace. As long as there's life, there's hope. And so today, I call you to make that decision.
to repent, to believe, to be baptized, or to come back home and recommit your life to Christ. And this is how you do so. Uh, there will be a link on the screens for you if you're in the house. Um, servecity.ca forward slash connection card. And there on the screens as well. If you're watching online, you can go there by that link in the house. Also, the QR code on the seat back in front of you. Go there. Please do not wait. Don't think, oh, I got to have it all together. They told me I got to be perfect to come to church. That's a lie. You don't go to the hospital because you're well. You go because you're sick. And so you can overcome that today. Put your trust in Jesus. Let us know your decision. Follow that link. Praise the Lord and connect with us. And we will connect with you and help you to take that next steps, that next step. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I, you know, I just by faith believe someone's making a life-changing decision today, an eternity-shifting decision today. Can we just give God praise for those who are making decisions online and in the house?